Welcome to the TOD podcast. My name is Lola C. Wolf. I'm one of your hosts of the I Am X Crew in company with Abel and other shenanigans of our crew. Are we introducing the topics of diversity, life, and death? This podcast is here to inspire, uplift, and make you realize what really matters in life. Hello and welcome to the Truth or Death podcast and shout out to our listeners worldwide. We have recently cracked higher numbers again, so I just wanted to give a big love, heartwarming, wonderful, amazing, giant hug around the world. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being part of this journey. Thank you literally for being part of this journey because we've been rolling for over two years and I'm so grateful and today we've got a special on because we're going to talk about more art history again. And I'm so excited to finally have this lovely conversation that is going to come up because we had to reschedule a couple of times. But here we are finally together. I'm going to introduce you to the wonderful, amazing Candice. Hi, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm like really flattered and um, happy and honored to be here. Wonderful. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away. Do you want to give yourself a little bit of an introduction, like what you do, who you are in that sense, um, before, like, or maybe even like, how did we meet? Because <laughs> I think that's such a beautiful story. <laughs> it really is. And um, let's start there, because that's probably easiest. Uh, so we met by signing up for a fitness program run by Don Saladino, who uh, is a fitness trainer, but um, is known, very well known to train celebrities, um, such as David Harbour from Stranger Things, Ryan Reynolds from Deadpool, obviously, but also Sebastian Stan, who, of course, plays Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. Um, so you and I met through that challenge. I think it was in march or april of 2020 yeah i want to say it was 100 times because i remember that i was literally just doing some of the exercises inside of my room and i had barely any space (laughs) (laughs) yeah i lived in a very like I, i lived in a small apartment in florida at the time and was just trying to keep healthy and and sane because the pandemic I think was a time where we really all had to learn to like you know sit still long enough to like listen to ourselves but like I think a lot of us just struggled like I need to do something so plus it was for charity it was for the Ronald McDonald house yeah that's um I, I still can't remember how I initially found it I think I saw an advert somewhere um, I think I did too. I think it was Instagram. Yeah, or, or something like that. And then I was like, what? Like, that's a thing? You can do that? And then <laughs> one thing led to another, and it became this whole thing of like, here we go. Um, yeah. What I also remember is because at that time, um, Winter Soldier, the TV series, was out or like streaming, I think. Cause was I it think- out already or was it on its way? But there was, like, I think there was one... During the challenge. Yeah, uh, then, but there was one Marvel 
TV series coming out? Because I remember you and me coming together to watch an episode or something. And like, I think it, it was a thing with like some people in the group that we all like Yeah, watched I think it or it something. definitely was an episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, Because I remember that one. I got up at some like, unusually early time. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh. And yeah, it was so like, we just stuck with it. I think we just like, because I remember like it was still when I had Facebook. I don't have Facebook anymore. So that changed. <laughs> um, But it was such a like interesting experience and lovely
have, you know, um, because you just were not afraid of, you, you just weren't um, concerned with like censoring yourself in the sense of like, oh, I'm talking too much or people aren't going to read this because this is a lengthy post. Like you, you really, you, you're really just putting yourself out there, putting your message out. And to me, um, it just kind of came off as like, you know, whoever takes the time to read this and like connects, great. Like you weren't concerned with the people who, who didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can totally confirm this as well. Um, it's now and then sometimes still a situation where I sometimes struggle with like, is this too much? But then I've also learned mechanisms where it's like, I'm not going to overthink this. Because like one thing nowadays for me is especially when I connect through words with people, it's just, I, I just cannot tame myself in a sense because taming would mean that I would have to shrink my personality and that is just not who I am like I do not ever expect anyone to be capable to deal with this <laughs> <laughs> layered self that I am but, <laughs> but for me it's more this approach of I'd rather be honest from the get-go of like this is who I am I'm a deep person then yeah. you try to do the small talk thing and then kind of like waste each other's time in the sense of like you know maybe we just you know because I'm it's obviously always dependent on the context as well where you're like where you are with people um but I would rather have like or show up for myself in a layered way and then out of 10 people two are like oh my god this is awesome and then that's how we connect versus trying to get along with everyone and then realizing this is kind of a waste of time because let's be real we might not have the same interest or small talk is just you know trying to crack the ice so I'm always cracking the ice <laughs> yeah and I I that resonates with me so much um, because I think, you know, especially growing up, um, I didn't notice really in the moment, but like in, in retrospect, um, I was always kind of taught or expected to shrink myself in some way, you know, where it's like, oh, you're, you're talking too much or, you know, your, your writing is too smart that's literally like feedback I've received before it's like I, I I remember not from my teachers but from someone who at the time was like a dear friend to me they're like god like I need a, a dictionary to just to get through your your novel in progress here like can't you dumb it down it, it was is feedback like that and I remember like kudos to like my 16 17 year old self for being like no you can look at your dictionary then like you know but um I just admire that so much about you like your your unwillingness to repackage yourself just for the sake of other people just so that they can more easily or perhaps more shallowly uh connect with you because I think 
you know, we're here for such a, sh a short time, you know, what, what the fuck is the point in those, in those easy, convenient connections? Absolutely. And we're kind of like grasping onto a topic where we're starting to dive into the first questions. As I said, we have a special interview today. Um, so when I have the pleasure to talk with my artist friends, I always yeah. like to go a bit deep. Who are you? Do you want to introduce yourself? Um, my name is Candice. I am a queer writer, storyteller, poet, uh, human. <laughs> Um, I have a lot of background in theater, hoping to develop more of a background in film. I'm actually in very early stages of making my first short film. Um, I'm in the process of also doing a poetry collection. And yeah, but I've done acting, um, which I've enjoyed, but I, I've really found a passion for writing plays um as well as poetry I love that I love the combination of it all and I think this is also why we clicked so much and just in general because like I just love when artists like and I think this is kind of like a natural process for at least the artists that I connect and click with that you know I just never was able to follow just that one path in that sense. Like, I love right. when people just explore themselves and say, like, you know, I love poetry, I love this, but I'm also in the process of, like, creating my own short film. And it's just, like, beautiful to see when we allow ourselves as artists to just unfold that magic of, like, you know, I'm going to go this way, I'm going to go that way, and essentially, you know, something beautiful is going to come out of it. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all about um, self exploration and the pursuit of different interests. Um, I think when I was younger, I would pressure myself to kind of stick to one thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, back in middle school and high school, it was a lot of focus on novel writing, mm -hmm. um, and then I would kind of you know wonder you know why I couldn't stick with just novel writing mm -hmm. and today you know 31 years old obviously um I've come to learn that you know you don't have to like box yourself in mm -hmm. to one particular way of storytelling um so I've been really enjoying you know just doing what speaks to me and if it looks different from maybe one month to the next that's fine too it doesn't mean I abandoned it abandoned the project it just means I'm, I'm doing what speaks to me which I think um, ultimately helps my art be more authentic and helps me to be more authentic 100% 100% I love what we're sharing honestly um I feel like there's already so much truth and and wisdom in here we're gonna come back to the deep stuff so um it's your last day on earth <laughs> wow. wow we're gonna come back to the deep stuff but let's go to your last day on earth because <laughs> that's lighter <laughs> um 
uh, yeah, to last day on earth. Uh, what is the message that you want to give to people? Be kind, not just to others, but to yourself, um, especially to yourself, because I think a lot of us, um, given the social climates <laughs> of today, um, I think a lot of us have become very proficient at being unkind to ourselves. And life, I really think, is just too too finite for that. You know, you got to appreciate where you are. You got to appreciate where others are. Um, but ultimately, you know, don't be afraid to connect with each other. And I mean, like, really genuinely connect with each other because I think now with how advanced and prevalent social media is um, and how much of an effect it's had on our culture, I think social media, um, the, the power it kind of has over society um, and the pressure that it puts on all of us in, in varying degrees, obviously, I, I think we really fall into the idea of connection um, so much so that we, that, you know, the, the connection just isn't sustainable because we're not really fostering it. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Everything you said, I can hundred, like generally, like I, obviously you guys don't see it, but I'm not a lot. <laughs> um I've literally just had a situation today where I just got reminded of like the simplicity of a really good hug. And yeah, it's situations like this where I'm like, my gosh, this shouldn't feel so not only rare to me, but so intense mm -hmm. in the sense of like, I need to give people more grace. Like that was something that I took out of the situation. And you need to give people more what? Hugs again. So like, oh, just, yeah. Gen but but not just like you know hugging for the sake of hugging but generally right. like when we hug it needs to be like you know that kind of like we're gonna we're gonna have a really good hug with each other for a moment and yeah it's, it's I, you know it's interesting because I was just thinking I think and I mean don't quote me on this but I, I think you need like eight hugs a day just for maintenance right mm -hmm. Isn't it, isn't it around like eight or something? Yeah, I think and like, every time I think about that, I'm like, God, like I'm really not. Wow. My, no, I need to work on my hugs. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like, it was such a simple, like sim simply sim um, simplicity of the day to me to just realize oh. like, my gosh, when was the last time I like, you know, gave a proper especially hug. like even with the people you live with um you know you I know I've noticed that like you know the, the person that I live with you know we see each other every day but the amount of hugs mm -hmm. that that um the amount of hugs is, is just like really low mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like wow we're so used to each other's presence that we're not we're, we're we're just sitting with it we're not nurturing it 
we're not nurturing the connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Like, that's, I love everything you said. Like, honestly, what's something, no, what is a moment of bliss in your creativity as an artist? Really, when I'm just in the moment, um, I'm not pressuring myself to really produce anything good or I'm not even really conscientious of the fact that I'm producing anything. Like, when it's just really me and how my heart is feeling that day, you know, um, how maybe that that kid version of me is feeling and, and just really taking the time to like sit down and and bond with myself through the act of of writing. I think that's that's when I experience the most bliss really. As someone who has been working in the industry under like deadlines as well already, um moments like this can be sometimes so rare when it's just like, you know, I'm not here because this deadline tells me to, or I'm not here because this needs to be finished by the end of the week. To just mm -hmm. be in that moment, I think it's such an act of mindfulness as well, where you just, you know, you connect with your art. Um, you don't really overthink it in a sense, you just create. And I think that's so oh, it's so amazing because I relate. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um yeah, I think it's just something that escapes me at times because I think I get so caught up in, in the pressure to just kind of produce to the point where it's more like I'm a machine than a person because, you know, I I have a freelance writing job now. Um, so a lot of my day now is just to kind of, it, it's the writing I'm doing for work just isn't as mindful in the sense that like I'm not I'm not doing it for me right like I'm I'm doing it um for the company I work for I'm doing it so that we get our numbers up I'm I'm doing it for the paycheck that's going to help me to to live comfortably um you know, so when really I, I go back to basics, so to speak, I'm just writing as a means to to be with myself. I, I I definitely recently, I think, have made that one of my goals for this year, really, is to just continue making time for it, but also honoring that time. Like, don't, don't put it off so much, because I think you know, last year, um, I think I was just so kind of caught up in day-to-day -day obligations and worries and such that it, it kind of fell to the wayside a little bit. So um, I'm, I'm eager to get back to having that time with myself and honoring that. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, is there something that you would like to ch uh, change in the industry that you're working in? Yeah, definitely. I I think I think that change is already underway, um, thanks to some really cool people who are perhaps more established than I am right now. Um, but I want to see more inclusion 
inclusion of different voices from different backgrounds. Taika Waititi, for instance, um, he's one of my favorite storytellers out there. Um, and I recently fell in love with Our Flag Means Death, um, which I am really, really stubbornly hoping gets resurrected um, because it, it was such a special show because everybody was welcome. Like it, it was just, it, it, it's one of those shows that just feels like home because nobody really, none of the characters on that show really had to explain themselves um, and, and their identities really like there were there were no real coming out scenes aside from the one between steed and and his ex-wife um you know who like when that happened obviously steed was met with acceptance um but it's just really like everybody was just allowed to be who they were and everyone was valued for what they brought to the table. Um, so I think in terms of changes within the industry, I, I'd like to see more of that change take place. Um, I think Taika is someone who's very much um, making sure that that happens because I, I, I see it in the work he's producing. You know, I, I see like he's he's not interested in having the diversity conversation in the sense as to like he's not interested in really having the conversation as to why diversity and inclusion are so important because it, it should be obvious to us by now, right? Like it's important because people are important. Like you have to start valuing people as people instead of as a means to an end. So I like to see more inclusion of, of just everyone, really. And I, I'd also like to see less stigma around, you know, creatives who perhaps are living with mental health issues more support for those individuals within the industry as well because it's just you know i i've been there um as somebody who's worked in theater i've i've experienced moments where you know i've felt othered or i've noticed that one of my friends um has felt othered because of the lack of of support that's that's provided for people who are neurodiverse um so i I'd, I'd like to see that change because i think when you create an environment where everybody can succeed um because everybody is like supported you know, it's one of those things I've I've noticed. I remember I had like a mental health episode kind of um, as I was doing a theater project. And I remember sitting there 
and feeling really just kind of othered. You know, I, I kind of felt, I, I remember feeling really unsupported because it was just like, I, I was met with that, with kind of like that, that attitude, I guess, of like, well, I don't know what to do with you. And so I'm just going to ignore you basically and like continue working on this with other people who are in the room. Um, which I get like, it, it's, it's how it is, but just because that's how the industry is right now doesn't mean that's how it should stay. I think a lot of people within the industry have just gotten comfortable with how things have been that they're like, oh, well, if I've been dealing with this, then you should be able to deal with it and, you know, like get a thicker skin. And I, I think, you know, people have just lost sight of the value in sensitivity and in just you know, being human as you're working with people on something, you know, you see someone having a hard time with their mental health, like you should, it should be somebody's job to make sure that there are resources available so that, you know, that person can still, you know, be supported, not in like a coddling sense, but just to be like, you know, like I still want to, work with you I still want you to be here and we're like you know there should just be something in place where it's like you know um let's pause or like let's find a different way of working on this that does that make sense yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> no, no, it's um I think I 100% agree as well because I've also been again in theater um yeah having an experience about um, it was during that time when I was diagnosed with mood swings, how people are just, mm. um, how do you say it, like, almost overwhelmed with, yeah, like, like it's it's so, it's so weirdly funny, because, like, you're the one that is having the, let's call it, like, issue, which is, you know, I don't see it that way, but, right. Like, right. like, you're the one that is, like, the one with the diagnosis, and people are more, like, it was so bizarre to me, because, like, I had supervisors and people who made a bigger fuss out of this than I did <laughs> and it was just this thing of like I was trying to figure it all out and stuff and then people yeah. were just acting so like it was this question of like am I the drama am I the drama right like am, am I the problem because <laughs> like, like I I I know rationally I'm not the problem but right now I very much feel like the problem or it's like Oh, like just like, you know, let her cry in the corner over there. <laughs> Honestly, it's and and I think what's so deeply needed, um, especially in theater, but generally beyond in the industry, is also just more people need to be somewhat educated on not generally mm -hmm. mental health, but also yeah. almost and this is so bizarrely to say, but empathy. <laughs> like just having the social skill and understanding of like you know um in certain situations because for example I, I preferably speak for people on the mood swing spectrum or mm -hmm. uh, in the direction of bipolar and such 
um, under certain circumstances, um, we we don't have control. Like to a certain degree, we have control over what's going on inside of our body, but there are certain circumstances where things like this aren't in control. And then to have people just it's so it's just so bizarre to me to be like, listen, if I would be able to switch this on and off, I would have. <laughs> but exactly. Yeah. You to just you know, I I I'm so glad you mentioned that because you know, I live with major depressive disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I'm on medication to help manage it, um, I mean I so do like therapy and other like helpful stuff but like you know I think people are like oh well if you're on antidepressant like then you must have it under control at all times as if it's as if like you know the the pill you're taking is like a switch that like Mm -hmm. switches off the the depression or whatever condition you've been diagnosed with um, and it's just, it's very much not that, like, I cannot control when I'm having um, depressive symptoms. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just because I'm struggling doesn't mean that, or someone is struggling, just because somebody is struggling doesn't mean that, like, they're not cut out for theater or film or something. Mm-hmm. And it's actually really interesting, because now that I'm saying this, it's like, so much so many stories are about suffering in a way, right? And working through that and overcoming it. Like, it's a story we all champion. Like, we champion those characters, right? Mm-hmm. But yet, when we're faced with someone who's actually struggling in real life, we don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, it's a very long-winded way of saying, like, these are the changes I want. <laughs> and I know... Some people are going to say that's really idealistic or whatever they want to, you know, categorize it as, but it doesn't diminish the fact that we have to start valuing the whole person rather than just valuing someone as like a means to an end. And it's like, okay, well, if you're having a hard time, I'm just going to go to someone else who's going to give me what I want. Yeah, and it's never, it's also, humans are machines, period. Yeah, like that, that it's, is it's literally detrimental to people you're working with, and it's detrimental to the art that you're creating as a whole, because if, say, like, the project you're working on is, you know, you're, you're championing, like, someone who's been othered, and yet you're othering someone that you're working with like who are you to tell that story really yeah exactly 100 percent um yeah honestly I also had like it sometimes baffles me how people can go through the world with a certain lens of like not caring because I I'm Mm -hmm. just I wouldn't say like I'm extremely the opposite I also have very selective specific things I care about but more, right. in, more, I would always say like it's more in the sense of like having healthy boundaries rather than, yeah. um, because like obviously if someone's shitty to me, <laughs> like yeah. you know there there are certain boundaries in place and in, in situations like that. But just like 
how people like I've because especially as a mentor where I run my own business, I've mm -hmm. witnessed people being so egotistical and narcissistic that mm -hmm. is it it just blows my mind sometimes how these people go through life and still aren't reflective of their own actions and just keep going that way that, like those are people that other people still want to work with yep make it make sense honestly like it's wild sometimes like but i think it's i think the the main point here is then also to like stay true to yourself right and really like speak your truth show up in these places because like under like not rare circumstances because i think there's also part of like you know some people are genuinely just not educated but they then also yes. kind of need a like yes that can like not to place it as an excuse but more of a thing like yes this can happen but then mm -hmm. again there needs to be also an effort on both ends where it's like you know look this is what we're dealing with um we need someone on set or we need someone in the production that helps with this or like is right. more prepared and I think generally to be honest like my approach to these situations it shouldn't own like it shouldn't be a sense of like we only going to do this once the tragedy is out you know like once someone had snapped or like is out on mm -hmm. set or whatever we should have this genuine approach of like you know you never know what could happen yeah so, so it's a sense of like almost like a sense of urgency and for understanding how like not only people work but just generally like you know it's going to amplify a production if we know we have someone that is like aware of certain mental health situations because I feel like especially and I've been uh, saying this often like I feel like if only certain people would know or have a bit of a better knowledge certain situations can be prevented by acknowledging the signs or like what exactly is going on behind the scenes and I think this is something that I very much would also like to see where it's like um, I mean for example like luckily we now have intimacy coordinators much more in the industry thank god um that helps so much for for people who who are listening and who don't know what that is so an intimacy coordinator is someone that is going on gone on set and basically helps with an intimate scene so for example if in a tv show someone has a sex scene they are helping the actors to basically let's say get comfortable with the whole like how we're we gonna stage this how is it gonna look what are we gonna do um and that didn't used to be a thing like that is quite a very like i would say it's gotten much bigger in the last five years maybe even like two to three years so um it didn't used to be a thing thing so now you can imagine what that is sometimes like if you don't have a person like this around um i mean in certain cases obviously some actors are more professional than others but just having people in a sector in a situation um like this for example where where it can massively help um due to the respect of the actors and like the vulnerability that can come with a scene like this and all of that um but then I would also like to see just having people around who are you know almost like almost I don't know maybe even just having a life coach or something around you know it's someone that is like uh 
some somewhat background trained on like human behavior what's going on just to be in the presence of like you know if shit's going down we have someone on set that is somewhat aware of like how can i help you Right. I mean, that that makes total sense because, you know, people, they always have medical professionals on set um, for when dangerous stunts are taking place Mm -hmm. and such. So it's like, why wouldn't you have other, um, you know, trained professionals on set for, for other things? You know, even maybe for actors who, you know, the the material they're dealing with is like really, really heavy. Um, like if it if it triggers them in some way, like they should be able to have someone on set who could just maybe help them get back to themselves like a little a little better. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying like you make that like a all day thing, you know, where like everything else is like put at a a stop but you know if you have intimacy coordinators and you have medical professionals on set then you should have other like you should have people like mental health professionals on set too probably just like you know when we were at school like you know you had different people for different things you had teachers you had counselors Mm -hmm. You know, um, you had teachers who were specialized in um, working with neurodiverse kids. It's like you had all of that in place to make sure that things ran smoothly and that people could succeed on their own terms. Um, why, why do we like lose that as adults? going into the the real world you know it it doesn't it doesn't make sense really even though that's how it's been for so long you know it's just it it needs to change absolutely if there's something that you uh want to share about uh chasing your dreams or like what basically a dream looks like to you for example the reason why you started writing you know, because it's something that is so um, deeply, you just have that feeling of like, that's why I love writing. And I mean, I just feel like it would be a complete disservice to myself um, if I didn't go after what I have, you know, my heart set on. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I don't, I don't want to live that way. So I, I think when it comes to actually, you know, pursuing the dream and, and making it more of a reality and what that looks like. Um, Cause I feel like you're also asking that, right. You know, what is, mm-hmm. what is making that dream into reality? Like, what does that look like for me? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, really like, setting like attainable goals like most people do and um giving myself compassion even when I don't meet them Mm -hmm. because usually when there's a goal that I set that I don't meet I usually like to look 
inward and kind of be like, okay, well, what isn't working and how can I adjust that? So, you know, I can, I can get to where I want to go next. Um, so really it's just making time to like nurture my creativity and just, just trusting myself to get there really. Um, you know, even when there's an interruption in like the project, um, you know, making sure I always hold myself accountable to like go back to the project and continue working on it. Like don't just throw in the towel and being like, oh, well, I didn't get, you know, my poetry collection organized by this date, like I said I would. So I guess that means I'm just, it's just not going to happen. Like making sure um, to just kind of, you know, have an open dialogue with myself when, when things don't go according to plan and um, just really to make sure to like keep creating, like don't let failure or interruptions or mistakes discourage me from, from getting my work done and, and, and out there. Um, because I think when I was a little younger, like even just a couple of years ago, I remember I would let that, you know, especially during the pandemic, which was hard on so many of us. I, I remember like if something, if a creative project like didn't work out, I would let that derail me, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense where like I would, I would take it as proof of like, oh, well, I'm not meant to do this. Mm-hmm. So I think when it comes to, you know, still going after what I want now, I I just have to take everything, like the, the, the trials and errors in stride and be like, you know, just because it, it's not working out now or it's not happening now doesn't mean that this isn't meant for me. It doesn't mean that, you know, I've somehow tricked myself into thinking that I can be a writer and um, get my stories out there, you know? Um, But yeah, just really, I feel like, I don't know if I'm giving like too vague of an answer. No, no, absolutely not. It's like you, like from what I've gathered and again, I'm nodding and nodding (laughs) Um, is the perfect mixture of like, you know, um, it's just something that we so um, compassionately follow, but then also with the with the pinch of realism of like you know set yourself goals, but don't be afraid that even if you don't reach certain goals yet, that doesn't mean like it like it's part kind of like part of the process. You know, you will make mistakes. You will have moments of like, I mean, failure is such a big topic to discuss, but I'm gonna place it as that. You know, like there can be moments of like what feels like failure or like the pressure that can happen with it. But regardless, to have that compassion for yourself and be like, look, because especially like when life throws curveballs at us, like, for example, you can make yourself a list of goals, but, you know, then something on the outside happens where it's like, um, now I have to literally deal with this situation this week because it's more important right now. And it's it's urgent. And then it feels it feels shitty when you don't, yeah. you know it, it it you know it it's like 
it does. It just feel like you feel like shit when mm-hmm. you don't meet a goal. Like, oh, I lack discipline because you know, I let other things get in the way, but it doesn't have to mean that at all. You know, people say like, be your own biggest cheerleader. I think we also have to be our, our own coaches, our own mentors at Mm -hmm. times too. Um, You know, discipline doesn't have to be like, so it, it, discipline doesn't have to be like this big, intimidating thing like Mm. you know I I think for a while I had the idea that like discipline kind of looked like being in the army (laughs) where it's like you know discipline Mm -hmm. had to be like a you had to be like a a drill sergeant with yourself I think that's the concept that that's what I believe discipline to be I think for like a long time so I've, I've had to really unlearn that Mm-hmm. um and and reframe discipline as you know showing up for yourself and your and your craft but in a way that actually is fruitful and it's like you know screaming at yourself berating yourself that's not very productive mm-hmm. right you you have to be like how our teachers were when we were growing you know we we have to you know make sure we show up and and do whatever it is we have our hearts set on but we have to show ourselves compassion too when we when we fall out of routine or or something 100 percent, i can absolutely confirm that i've got one last question first of all Oh my gosh, I like <laughs> I feel so inspired. Like my my get the tingling in my hands when like I, I have <laughs> the need to just write notes down and everything because it's been so inspiring. Um one last question. Love yeah. is the medicine that conquers all. Right. What is, what is your thoughts on that? Like what does this sentence make you feel like? It makes me feel empowered. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, um, because I think some people would would listen to what you just said and be like, "Oh, that's such a a hippie thing," you know. Um, but I, I think it's I don't know, like it it just sits really well with me. Because mm-hmm. um, I I think there's so much truth in that that like you know love is a medicine in a sense that we have to be unconditional with the love that we give ourselves. Um, and the love that we give our friends and, you know, the, the people we meet on a day-to-day basis, even if they're only in our lives for like a, a moment, you know, um, I, I think, I don't know. I, I just, I really believe in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my train of thought again. (laughs) I think think with the power, like with a sentence like this, I think it's also absolutely okay. You know, you just have to. Yeah, I I think it's something you really have to meditate on. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Like, it's just the thing. Like, oh, oh, it's so like it's that one sentence, but then you start thinking about it. Yeah, it's it's really beyond words. 
really, you know, it, it, it transcends articulation. Um, God, like I freaking love that. <laughs> I think it's also what I realized is because we've been talking about this earlier, almost like already grasping on that thing, um, that category of like, you know, if anything, be kind. And I think, and, yeah. and it's such a, it's so like love is always love and kindness go hand in hand in that exactly. sense. Exactly. Um, exactly. And I think it's so powerful nowadays, especially like if anything, be kind and and show that love because especially or like we were talking about like you know having a really good hug and and situations like this it's right. so like it's it should be a vital process of our everydays but it's it's become so almost like pushed aside due to the hustle culture and the social media impact that I think the beauty of this, I mean, generally everyone that's been listening, like, like, let us know what your thoughts are on like this, this, because I need to riff on this as well. And like, you know, it's such a powerful sentence. There's so much more beauty to it, but like, to just really be like, think about like, what's an act of kindness I can do every day. And whether it's just like, you know, making a compliment to someone, smiling, being nice, helping someone, having a faith, like giving someone, um, doing a favor for someone, you know, that that kind of energy, I think. Going down with each other. Yeah. You know, like, I, I feel like even, you know, as we get older and more enmeshed with, like, the, the hustle culture, um, I, I think our time with with loved ones and even with strangers can be so rushed even when we don't intend to rush it you know um and you know like another thing I wanted to add to backtracking a bit um you know love is the medicine that doesn't mean that we stop holding ourselves or, or other people accountable either it doesn't have to be like this unattainable ideal mm-hmm. you know it, it I think maybe instead of cancel culture <laughs> it should be more of a love is the medicine culture where it's like you know we we hold ourselves and each other accountable but we also love ourselves and each other in the sense that like we're gonna remember that we have potential to grow and evolve and I mean obviously there are some people who you know aren't great <laughs> that, say it that way yeah but instead of you know I feel like cancel culture becomes so much there's so much mob mentality in it that it just starts, it stops being productive because we're not seeing people, we're not seeing each other as, as people. We're seeing each other as, we're othering each other, you know, we're, we're pointing fingers and letting ourselves become immune to 
anything that's like outside of of rage and like a desire for for justice i think you know we got to look at ourselves as like the whole package you know hundred percent and that's like I think this is such a nice wrap of like the whole conversation we had and like the, the thoughts we riffed on is there anything else that you would like to share before we finish off the episode in relation to what we were just talking about or just in general anything that you want to share I would say you know as we continue going about our daily lives you know check in with yourself check in with others um really hug each other you know in the sense that like you know really hold space for each other um and just lean into fear a little more I think that's that's something that feels important to share right now whatever it is that you're feeling you know whatever it is that feels scary to you mm -hmm. you know don't don't brush it aside lean into it more because chances are it, it's it's there for a reason and ignoring it is just gonna hinder your growth you know so Absolutely. just kind of become friends with fear become friends with the monsters in your mental closet <laughs> I love that thank you so much for being here today with me it was an absolute pleasure all the shot like thank you so much for having me I always mix this up all the links not the show notes the links for finding Candice and stuff will be in the show notes <laughs> and we're gonna hear each other next time on the TOD podcast bye Bye.